Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit of a jam-packed show. I'm a little bit late getting this out today. I apologize for the wait. I had some site stuff to take care of today, but we are able to get this podcast up and all that good stuff. Uh, If you are enjoying it, please subscribe, leave a rating. That would be greatly accepted. All that really helps me out a ton. And with that being said, as usual, we're going to have around the world, uh, Mariners, Hawks, normal sections. I got injury report updates. I got some state of the farm updates. Uh, And we have walk off and then we're going to be out today. But once again, just want to say thank you to everybody for taking the time out of their day on a feel good Friday, a blue Friday it is to listen to my podcast and with that being said let's get into it shall we last night's game between the chiefs and the la chargers was electric it was a ton of fun to watch justin herbert is one tough sob Uh, i can never praise or put enough praise upon justin herbert for how tough he was last night for just sticking with it gritting it out uh, information came out today after his uh, MRI and x-ray that he has a rib cartilage fracture. He could return to practice next week for the Chargers. Uh, obviously, the quarterback is Chase Daniel. So, we'll be curious to see whether or not they go about... I don't know whether or not he's going to be able to get like an injection in there. I know the last time, I believe it was Tyrod Taylor. was the last quarterback who got an injection around the rib cage-ish area. And it was back as it punctured his lung and it was a mess and it got into a huge viral Twitter sensation thing. So if I'm the Chargers, you probably sit him for a week. Fantasy owners like myself who have Justin Herbert, it sucks. Uh, Chris, especially uh, Speaking of fantasy updates, Chris Godwin has also been ruled out of Sunday's game versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'm assuming this means probably more opportunities for Tyler Johnson. I believe they have Russell Gage on that squad also and obviously Mike Evans. So just want to give you guys that update as well. This is a this is a ridiculous number, right? But I got I gotta talk about this for a minute. University of Texas hosted the number one recruiter in, in, in the country, Archie Manning. Yes, he is the relative of Eli and Peyton Manning. Uh, they spent two hundred and eighty thousand dollars on his visit. Holy sweet Toledo mackerel! Two hundred eighty large for a visit. And that visit's probably like a weekend. What'd you do? Have him stay at like a best hotel in Texas? The full line of the best barbecue? Like what in the hell would spend $280,000 on a visit? Goes to show you, if you got the money and you got the ability to flaunt it, I guess they're going to do it in Texas. You know, everything they say, everything's bigger in Texas. It's kind of like Alaska. Now that I've been to Texas or Alaska, even though I love people for Alaska. But that's a completely different conversation for a different day. New York Mets are looking for a new president. Sandy Alderson, I apologize if I have that last name wrong, is transitioning out of the role. Uh, There's not really been any names that come up for in the running uh, for the new position or for the vacancy at the position of president for the Mets. I'm assuming this is going to be a highly... uh, Highly intriguing and highly wanted and anticipated uh, vacancy, just due to the fact of the fact that the Mets have uh, Jacob, they have Max Scherzer, 
Obviously, they have Francis, Francisco Lindor, uh, Polar Bear, Pete Alonso, uh, Mark Hanna, Sterling Marte. The list goes on. Francisco Alvarez, one of the like the best catching prospect in baseball, but besides for Diego Cartaya, who is from the uh, Dodgers, is going to be due up here probably. If it's not the end of this year, it'll be at the beginning of next year most likely. So plenty of people are going to be interested in that job, and we'll be curious to see who is able to fill it. Mariners today. I uh, got some prospect stuff, and then we're going to uh, hop into rotation stats and some other good stuff for you guys as well. What I have for you guys for State of the Farm is not as deep as I usually do because for the fact that Lookout Landing and the other sites that I rely upon so heavily to give me my information, the latest breakdowns are a little bit behind because the seasons are ending for the minor league affiliate franchises, such as Class A, Double A, Arkansas, Triple A is still ongoing, and we will cover the latest road trip. Top prospect in the Mariners system, Harry Ford, who is playing for Team UK in the World Baseball Classic today, has posted a home run, a double, and and throughout somebody caught stealing today, he is heaping praise for his leadership role on this team, and the fact that he's hitting a catcher is heating, excuse me, hitting, not heating, hitting leadoff is a rare, rare occurrence. And the Mariners are, should be licking their chops because when the Mariners drafted this kid, his potential was huge. His ceiling was, you could list it. I don't, I think JT Real Muto could be a comparison for him due to the fact of how well he moves, how well he runs, how well he is able to uh, handle behind the plate. But with the recent success of the big dumper and Cal Raleigh is going to make an interesting conversation as to where Harry Ford will fit on the Major League squad. My my guess, second base. Taylor Dollard uh, recorded his 16th game and win of the season for AA Arkansas. Uh, I've been talking about him. Seems like all season he's been having a really great season, obviously, at AA. Uh, excuse me. I'm a little bit surprised that he did not uh, get a promotion to AAA this year. Uh, I know the other pitchers like Brian Wu, Bryce Miller, obviously Emerson Hancock, Sam Carlson. The line goes, the list goes on. Adam Mako have all been uh, really impressive this year. So they have a deep, deep run at starting depth rotation in the minor leagues. Uh, Ten Mariners prospects are participating in the Arizona Fall League this year. Pitchers will be Ty Adcock, Jorge Benitez, Adam Mako, Juan Fenn, and Brian Wu. Enfielders will be Jose Caballero. Robert Perez Jr. Outfielders will be Spencer Packard, Alberto Rodriguez. And uh, yeah, that's just a, that's just pretty much the entire list there of who's going to be there in the Arizona Fall League, which is a, a uh, what's the word that's working for? It is a uh, growth league. It's where you go down to pretty much work on your skills and continue to get sharper for that way you're ready to go for the upcoming season next year. So a couple of those names I'm looking at, Adam Mako, Bryce Wu, or Brian Wu, excuse me. Robert Perez Jr., I've talked about a lot this year. Those are the guys I'm going to be walk, uh, trying to keep the most information and updates on. Jared Kelnick posted a two-home run game last night. I know that I was saying that I don't want to cover Jared Kelnick, but a lot of you guys are still want to know what the hell is Jared Kelnick doing, so I'm bringing it to you. Uh, two home runs last night. He's having a really good road trip. Uh, and I don't know if it's just a short sample size or whatever it is. Some people are asking, should we be bringing up Jared Kelnick back up to the active roster? Taylor Trammell has been struggling. I don't see it. Um, I would be pretty shocked if they were to do that, just due to the fact that Taylor Trammell has more experience, uh, or more, I would say not more experience, more, uh, he's made the most of his opportunities in the Major League roster 
So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do it. Maybe they bring up Kyle Lewis. Who knows? So I guess we'll uh, keep our eyes peeled on that. And Mariners 2022 first round draft pick this year, Cole Young. First 18 games in the organization at minor league levels at Class A, Modesto. 367 average, OPS of 939. For those who don't know what OPS means, that's on-base percentage plus slugging. Eight strikeouts, eight walks, two home runs, and 14 RBIs. He is a sweet swinger. He has been able to get the bat-to-ball ratio and uh, contact ability has been very good to start off overall in his young career for the Mariners. And I think the draft pick was a great selection by Jerry and uh, Mike Stanton and all of his group and his uh, sidekicks, for, for lack of a statement there. Pitching rotation, last 20 games, 1.68 ERA. That is obviously a phenomenal stat for the Seattle Mariners. This is exactly what you're hoping for. The Mar- the pitching and defense has been carrying us throughout the season, and I anticipate that to be the recipe as we finish down the last 20 games. It's crazy to say we are in the final 20-game stretch for the Seattle Mariners this year. The quote magic number, and I'm explaining into this here in a minute, is currently at 14 for the Mariners. A lot of people are asking, dude, what the hell is a magic number like? You got like a lucky rabbit's foot number, lucky number seven. Like, what is this, right? A magic number is telling us how many either wins the Mariners need to win to clinch a playoff spot or losses by teams such as the Baltimore Orioles to help us clinch a playoff spot. So for every game the Mariners win, it goes down one. So it goes from 14 to 13. If Baltimore loses the same night as we win, it goes down to 12. Uh, obviously that can go back and forth depending upon how well you uh, perform and what your overall result results are on a day-to-day basis. But uh, a lot of people have been asking what the hell does the magic number mean? So I just want to explain that to you guys here for a quick second. Uh, it's critical, in my opinion, that the Mariners get the number one wildcard seed due to the fact that starting pitcher Robbie Ray is not vaccinated. Um, I do not get in. I don't cover the politics of vaccinations. This is a sports-only podcast for those who are new to it. Meaning if Toronto were to get the number one seed, he would be unable to pitch in game two, obviously, unless he was able to or was willing to go out and get the vaccine, which is a different conversation for a different podcast for a different day. Not having him in the rotation, obviously, would be a huge loss for the ball club, especially with how well he has been pitching as of lately. Predictions for tonight. I think Cal is going to hit another home run. He loves to hit in uh, the LA's park. Take advantage of the shortened corner as well as the tall wall on right field where that funky line is halfway across. Julio, I think, probably go two for four today. Uh, maybe a double and a single. I don't think he'll hit a home run today. Michael Lorenzen, righty on righty, but we'll see what happens. Robbie Ray probably goes around six innings, two run runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. It's about the usual for Robbie Ray, especially with how he's performed against the Angels this year. I think the Mariners pull out a 7-3 win tonight. Uh, one run and spare relief out of the bullpen. I don't know who the run would be given up by, considering how damn good this bullpen's been this year. Los Bomberos. But, uh... Got to give him a little love and a little bit of shout out for that. Mike, uh, for me, you got to make uh, the most of your opportunities with this lineup. Obviously, make like Luis Ranjifo, uh, Jared Walsh, the list goes on. David Fletcher, even though David Fletcher is a little gnat and a menace. Just make uh, sure that anybody besides for Trout and Otani can beat you in this lineup because that's the best way to go about getting and, and, getting and uh, making sure that you lock up a series win today or starting today, excuse me in LA, in the City of Angels. Make Michael Lorenzen, get that pitch count up early, get into that bullpen early. Uh, That's going to be the recipe for utter disaster and chaos, which is obviously the Mariners' specialty in chaos ball. 
Seahawks injury report today. Joey Blunt is doubtful with a hamstring injury as well as Artie Burns with a groin. He is questionable. Will be a game time decision. The same goes for, for Justin Coleman that Pete said is not a it's not a big injury. It's just a minor thing. Minor ding up for Justin Coleman with a calf injury. San Francisco tight end George Kittle is at practice today doing some drills. Not all the main drills but seems to be moving in the right direction to play Sunday. We will see how he responds tomorrow after today's practice and how he feels tomorrow after all. My prediction for this game, and some people are going to think this is going to be kind of funny, but well, you know, this is just my own personal take. Sunday's game between San Francisco and Seattle for me comes down to a handful of, of variables. Trey Lance versus Geno Smith, obviously. Trey is now starting to feel and hear some of that pressure from all over the, the world, not just to the San Francisco media about Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. If they would, if they lose and go 0 to 2 or 0 2 in the season, it's going to spell for chaos in San Francisco. People are going to be hammering and just begging and pleading for Jimmy Garoppolo to come back because this team is a championship roster. We saw this last year in the playoffs, and uh, literally worst case option for the Niners is to go 0 and 2 and start the season off on a uh, hell's bells kind of a roll, right? San Francisco's D-line versus Seattle's offensive line. Obviously, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, uh, Samson Abukam, or Abukam, however you say it. Uh, Javon Kinlaw. Rookie Drake Jackson will be in attack mode versus this young Seattle offensive line. I anticipate that uh, you're going to see plenty of chop blocks by tight ends to try and slow down the hungry pass rush by San Francisco. The screen plays would be something to watch for with, with rookie Ken Walker slotted to make his pro debut Sunday. Fred Warner versus the tight ends. I think this is really interesting. Noel Fant, obviously more wide receiver than tight end, but he can admirably fill in and do some blocking duties, but he's not nearly as good as Will Disley. Uh, Colby Parkinson, I think, seems to be splitting the seam on the opposite side. You'll probably see a lot of 12 formation. Uh, 12 formation is usually two to three tight end sets and making that a, just making it a more stressed de defensive options for San Francisco and not just being able to have their ears pinned back and go after Geno because that's how you Spell for bad things to happen for Geno Smith, and none of us want to watch Drew Locke play quarterback this year. No disrespect to Drew Locke, but it's not good. It's not great. Defensive backs. Which defensive back group will make the most of their opportunities on Sunday? Put some pressure on Trey Lance. See if you uh, make him throw it. Make him be, Do not let him beat you with his legs. Anticipate for plenty of QB spies. Uh, spies, uh, spies, that was funny. Uh, spies for Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. In this game, trying to make sure that uh, Trey Lance can't run all over the field like a gazelle inside the, the Serengeti of Africa. Please don't. Uh, that's kind of what I got for for Seahawks today. My actual score prediction for this game is Seattle 24, San Francisco 17. Um, I can see 24-20, but I don't think it goes past 24 points for either team in this game due to the quarterback situations for, for both squads. Okay, uh, walk-off, as is the new section for this podcast. Mariners, this has continued the reign of dominance and terror over these L LA Angels since after the brawl. We all know what happened. The Angels are a dumpster fire team. Their owner uh, wants to sell. They don't actually, you know, he doesn't care about this franchise. He just care, uh, excuse me, all he cares about is the bottom line money, all that good jazz. Um, Robbie Ray, just mow over these lousy Angels. Seahawks, don't let Trey Lance beat you with his legs. Just like I said, make him throw the ball. You know, make him show and prove that he's actually worthy of, uh, you know, being the starting quarterback in San Francisco. It's like that, that scene in Thor. You are not worthy. 
You cannot lift my my hammer. You cannot lift my my Thor hammer device. Sorry, nerd thing. Couldn't help myself. Anyways, <laughs> uh, super excited to have Ken Walker back, uh, making his uh, pro debut on Sunday. Having Damian Lewis back also at left guard should boost offensive line and put Phil Haynes in a beneficial swing guard situation which allows for more big opportunity runs for Rashad Penny and Ken Walker on Sunday. Gino, just continue what you did last week, man. Take it, take with what the defense gives you. Maybe try a couple deep balls to keep the defense uh, in check, keep them even. Let's try and get Rashad Penny 100 yards this week, Ken Walker with 50. If the Seahawks can get over 100 and 150 yards rushing in this week, I think it's a lockup and they get this win. They can capitalize on the uh, on the time clock, on, on the possession of time. And uh, quite simply, let's just let this magic carpet ride continue. Seattle, go in, beat the Angels. Uh, excuse me, Mariners go into LA, beat the Angels. Seahawks travel down or down to the old uh, San Fran Bay. Grab yourself a whatever you want to grab for food wise down there, a Cali burrito, and beat some tails and beat some butt. Magic carpet ride continues. CS rise, go Hawks and Gino we trust. And as Dave Niehaus once said, ladies and gentlemen, my oh my. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and the uh, conversation and topics I'm bringing to you today, as well as upcoming podcasts in the future, please subscribe, leave a rating, share this podcast on any platform possible. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, feel-good Blue Friday Friday to listen to the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Monday. Peace.